Hey, what's going on, guys? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. I'm Norman James along with Mike Ogiello. It is January 12th, 2020. The Maple Leafs getting ready to get back on the ice after missing Saturday hockey. How sacrilege. Mr. Ogiello, you and I have taken a bit of a break. It's been a week. The last time we spoke, things were all fine and dandy. Since then, the Leafs have lost two home games, and Tampa's gone absolutely batshit crazy. Ten straight wins. (laughs) They're ahead of the Leafs in the standings by four points. Boston's ahead of the Leafs by 11 points. Florida's coming at the Leafs. Panthers tonight. What the heck happened? Uh, Good morning, Norm. Well, I mean, it took half a season for Tampa to sort of get their sea legs after, you know, them getting knocked out by Columbus last, uh, last April. And... Now the juggernaut that we realized was there has finally, you know, come, come, it's finally reappeared. I mean, they've, they've won 10 games in a row. They haven't lost since before Christmas. Uh, a friend of mine was at the game last night uh, where Tampa won one, nothing in Philadelphia and they played shut down mm-hmm. playoff hockey. So that, you know, you expected that to happen. There's too much talent there. There's too much experience there. Uh, that was going to be the case. And we knew Boston was going to come back. We maybe hoped that there would be a Stanley Cup hangover, um, but there, there really wasn't. I mean, halfway through the season, the division is where we thought it was sure. going to be. Tor- Toronto, Toronto, Tampa, Boston, in whatever order in the top three, Florida very close behind. It's very possible that you know one of those four teams finishes in the wild card and finishes in third, second, or first. So it's, it's a jumble. But uh, and thankfully, after the, their slow start, the Leafs are in that mix. Uh, I think Bo- Buffalo and, and Montreal have fallen by the wayside, so it's a four-team race. And now it's a question to get where you need to be before the first week of April and the start of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't want to beat on the Habs. Ilya Kovalchuk, that was a fantastic acquisition. But for a team that's looking for more flash than substance, I mean, he'll fit the bill just to help uh, ease that season into the warm bath that it's easing into this is the Leafs Convo podcast the Atlantic is Boston Tampa Bay Toronto right now in that order Boston a plus 35 Tampa outrageous plus 34 scoring all sorts of goals just one behind the Maple Leafs on a season total now the Leafs a plus 17 so work to make that differential even more of a disparity between the goals and goals against Uh, but they are certainly um, playing like they are a contender, at least of late, never mind the two losses at home to Winnipeg and Edmonton. We can't go too far back, Mike, because it's been a week. But Connor McDavid mm-hmm. scored one of the greatest goals I've ever seen. And it was just the most unbelievable skill, savvy, cunning move with mm-hmm. speed that anyone can ever witness. And, you know, the Leafs got over that. Then this Winnipeg um, scoring late. Austin Matthews with that big bomb, like only Austin Matthews can score it. And then they lose in the shootout. Looking at those two games, um, even after the great run they were on, what still resonates with you as cautionary with the Maple Leafs about to play the Florida Panthers? That there's still those gaps of, I'd say, vapor lock defensively, especially against Edmonton. You know, it was one nothing after one, and then Edmonton scores two goals in the first couple minutes of the second period, and Sheldon Keith yanks Freddie Anderson and says to his team, I'm not going to expose our goaltender to, you know, your defensive lapses. And then they bounce back, uh, and then in the third period, uh, you know, McDavid makes that play on Riley, who it was ironic that uh, the next day Jonas Siegel came out with a piece in The Athletic and told said that what something that I've been – 
I, I've been uh, sort of uh, had a feeling on that Riley has been playing hurt because, you know, normally Riley wouldn't get burned by McDavid like that. Riley is a premier skater, but he got burned uh, badly on that play. But the, the, the overall play, you know, in these couple games is defensively, they just, I mean, it, it was a four-on-one break in the Winnipeg game. I mean, it, the Leafs kept bouncing back. They kept giving up a goal to Winnipeg. They bounced back and tied it. They bounced back from 2-1. They, then they scored with, uh, I think, 15 seconds left in regulation with Matthews with that shot. Mm-hmm. You know, defensively, it's just they're they're not playing well at times. They're still giving up way too good opportunities. And then in overtime, Freddie Anderson had to stand on his head after a you know sort of average uh, regulation mm-hmm. in that game. You know, they, they can't completely depend on Anderson being, you know, uh, standing on his head to be able to win games. They have to play more competent defensively. You can play wide open offensively during the regular season, but again, you have to be able to play that sort of strapped down defensive style or play a little more responsibly in the playoffs. And again, I don't see this team being able to do that. They're, they averaged five goals per game during that 10 game point streak. Do you think this recent run makes some people even more dismissive of the idea of lockdown hockey, defensive hockey, Mike? Because we've seen how much the Leafs can dominate over this period of time. Never mind mm-hmm. changing yeah. your style. This is all they really need. They're going to win the Stanley Cup just like this. Yeah. How, how did that work last year in the fir- after the first half of the season where they were scoring like crazy? And then in the second half, everything, they, they, they were basically a 500 team because things tighten up around the All-Star break through the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you don't learn how to play that, that style, you will make an early exit. A team like St. Louis can play both wide open, has the, has the offensive tools, but can play a different style in the playoffs or can play a physical style that, that is conducive to the playoffs. So can Boston, so can Washington. Gee, those are the last three Stanley yep. Cup winners. Mm-hmm. What do they have in common? Well, Tampa Bay has a lot to atone for, having won the President's sure. Trophy last season and then getting dumped embarrassingly so in the first round by Columbus. What are the Maple Leafs trying to make up for? What are they making amends for based on last season? Is this... And I've said this, and I'm, I'm guilty of, of repeating this almost to a degree of uh, nausea. It's Boston or bust. Beat Boston. Is that it for the Maple Leafs uh, when you compare it to where Tampa, where their head's at, wanting to you know, run the table here, rip through the playoffs and win a, a Stanley Cup, the one they probably should have won last season? Well, I think this, this season is an experiment for Kyle Dubas because we know he's basically gone all in on speed and skill. They shed some of the veteran players like Hainsey, like Marlowe in the offseason. They traded Kadri to get Tyson Berry and, and Alex Kerfoot. They've gone heavy on, you know, we're going to be the speediest team. We're going to be the, the team with the most skill. Try to stop us and see what happens in the playoffs. If that's the case, you know, they you could say, well, they got to game seven against Boston the last two years and lost in game seven. Does going have more heavy on skill throughout their lineup make a difference? We'll see if it doesn't. Then I think that Kyle Dubas is going to have to re- sort of rejig, you know, readjust because he knows that if this hasn't worked this year and he may go for it with, go with it for another year. But I, I think the reality there is you need players that can play that way and players that can play with skill uh, and I think they'll have to 
adjust accordingly. But I think they're going to go into this, go into this playoffs playing the way that they've played now. And he believes that they'll have success. Where's the best place for the Maple Leafs to end up when the regular season is over? Uh, among the divisional leaders or in a wild card spot? If they play, if they finish in the first or second wild card spot, then they're playing either the top division winner in the Atlantic or the top division winner or the division winner in the Metro. That could be Washington or Tampa or Boston. So, and if it's third place in the Atlantic, it's probably Tampa or Boston. So it's, it, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. It would be nice for them to get home ice advantage, but they had game six at home last year against Boston and didn't win. So I don't think home ice advantage is going to make the difference. I think it doesn't make too much difference. They're going to come up against a team that is probably better uh, set up for playoff success, and they're just going to have to beat them. And if they can't beat them, then they're going to have to get better next summer making adjustments to be able to beat those teams. You can, you can keep doing the same thing over and over, but that's called insanity. Lord Longmarch from Community. Is it just me, or does it look like 20 teams could be contenders for the Cup? It's him. Uh, there, <laughs> there's not 20 contenders. I would say that, you know, uh, Lord... Uh, I would say there's probably realistically it's seven or eight teams. I'd say four in each conference. If you, if you go Eastern conference, I would say Washington, Boston, Tampa. Uh, and then, you know, you, a couple teams like Pittsburgh or Toronto, you could see a, a, you know, an Avenue in the, in the West. I think it's St. Louis, um, you know, maybe Vegas uh, and yeah, possibly Dallas with their goaltending and their, you know, they've, seem to got on, get on track lately. So, you know, there, there, you have to be realistic. I mean, it, sometimes the Cinderella story happens, but more than likely it's just the top teams in the conference. Lord Longmarch, see you at the X. Go Leafs, go. Are the Leafs as good as they want to be? Are, are they the only obstruction to their ultimate glory? Or are they still not good enough yet? They still have to prove that they can beat the Bostons and the Tampas and then who knows, even the Washingtons. Um, and, and show that they're at that status. It, it, again, it's, you have, there are factions of Leafs fans who believe that this team is as good as it wants to be whenever it wants to be because Kyle Dubas has laid out the blueprint and the team is following as such. I, mm. I, I feel like you know, this recent run has been great to get the Leafs back into a position where they're among the elites again. So can they elevate themselves to the very next level and actually take down the elites, take down... Um, their contemporaries among the top third of the league. We're going to get a, a stark reminder of just how hard this game is and just how much more you're going to need to succeed in the end than just skilled hockey. You need that. That's the, the absolute basis of what you're trying to do, but you're going to need more. And if you don't add mm -hmm. more, you're going to be left at the altar um, time in and time out, the same way the Maple Leafs have been over the past several years. I think I think Kyle Dubas has made it, you know, fairly clear that he, if he sees an avenue to improve the team, that he that he would go down that avenue. Good. I mean, like we, we we mentioned before we started recording, um, there was a note from Pierre LeBron earlier this week before Justin Williams signed a one year contract with Carolina that the Leafs had talked to Williams and his representatives. Um, and he also talked to Boston and a couple other teams, and it may have been because Carolina was taking a hard line on his contract. But 
the Leafs wouldn't have talked to him if they weren't interested in bringing him in. And it was, it was, a, it ended up being a veteran minimum deal, but you know, there is maybe a bit of a leadership gap after Marlowe and Hainsey and Tyler Ennis and other players have left and, you know, they, they would have been interested. Now there's also talk and Elliot Friedman mentioned it last night on the uh, hockey night in Canada broadcast that the Leafs might kick tires on a veteran defenseman like Brendan Dillon. He's 32 years old. He's big. He's a left-hand shot. I mean, he mm-hmm. would provide, you know, something on the left side um, that, you know, may not be there that could be a help in a playoff run, but he's a rental. And how much will that cost? And do they, can they create the cap space necessary to accommodate Dylan's $3.2 million salary? If San Jose is up against the cap, just like the Leafs are, mm-hmm. so they can't retain salary. Sure. In the deal, so that it's going to, it's going to, necessitate them moving out a salary like a Cody CC or making another deal where they clear somebody else out. So those are the hurdles that uh, Kyle Dubas faces before, before February 24th. But I think he, if he sees an Avenue to improve the team, he will explore it. Yeah. The market for players, the Leafs can consider and potentially get to come into Toronto and help uh, will grow over the next several weeks as we, Move closer to the NHL trade deadline. So much fun, folks. Please like, subscribe, and vote in community. YouTube.com slash the Leafs Combo. OGs, converts, thank you so much for all of your support. You know how much it means to us. Tell your friends. Let's grow this thing. It would be nice to get to about 3,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel by the playoffs. I think we can do it. I put in community another poll. No Leafs Saturday night. How big a deal is this to you? 133 votes, great participation. 70%, Mike, said it sucks. Are you surprised by Mm. that? No, because it's, I mean, as a kid, I basically, like, Saturday night, sit in front of the TV, watch Hockey Night in Canada, watch the Leafs play. Um, It was just a quirk of the schedule. And I think it happens later this month when the all-star break happens, but everybody will be off that, that night. But, yeah, it was weird. I actually, like, I went out to dinner. It was was a non- a, a non-leaf Saturday night, which was bizarre. So I'm I'm not used to that. But I don't think they have many during uh, the rest of the season. And you know, Ottawa, Ottawa Montreal, and uh, especially Edmonton, Calgary was extremely entertaining. When I see Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk beating the crap out of each other. Just a couple more things before we go. Cool and trending. Just glad you don't live here in Detroit. 226 losses between the teams here: Tigers, Lions, Wings, and Pistons in the 2019 calendar year. It is the worst of any city or market in the history of North American professional sports. Toronto sports as a whole have been pretty great over the past seven to eight years. Lots of championships, Mm -hmm. lots of playoffs. One city's sports reign has subsided. You know, maybe the Maple Leafs can encapsulate what has been a pretty good run for Toronto sports at some point in the near future with the Stanley Cup. Last word to you. Yeah, we can only hope that that trend in Detroit follows in Boston with the Red Sox and the Patriots and mm-hmm. the Bru- the Bruins and the Celtics, although I like the Celtics, but, you know, that they have a drought after so many years of success that Detroit had. Um, but, uh, I mean, put, it, put things in perspective and wind on this. Uh, the Leafs have made the playoffs the last three years. That's great. That's not satisfactory. This team should have made the playoffs multiple years because they've had the resources to put a good team on the ice. And until recently they haven't, it's not about making the playoffs. It's about advancing and winning Stanley cups. And this team has not won a Stanley cup in 52 years. 
and has not advanced past the first round in 15 years. I'm the Lee fan base bought into the rebuild in 2015 and they were smart to do so because that was the direction that this team needed to go for a number of years. And now we're seeing the fruits of that. But now the, the, the task at hand is advance, at least win a round, get to the conference final, get to the Stanley Cup final, win a cup. That's what you need to see from the Leafs over the next few years. We'll see if it happens. You know what, Mike? We can fret and freak out about the Leafs' fade in the Stanley Cup playoffs when the playoffs actually begin between then and right now. There's a lot that will go down, including more exhilarating hockey, courtesy of your Maple Brothers, the trade deadline, and everything else that's going to come in between. So let's try to enjoy it, shall we? Michael, have a good one, buddy. Thanks, Norm.